From Gimlet, this is Reply All. I'm Emmanuel Dochi. So, like a lot of people living in Brooklyn, New York, this past Saturday, I heard that Joe Biden was going to be the next president of the United States, mostly because of a large amount of honking on my street. And much to the annoyance of pretty much everybody who loves me, my first instinct in this moment was to grab a microphone and head outside. Here at Bedford and Cow, in... I got onto my street just in time to see my local serious biker dude, who bikes around every morning in his serious biker outfit, actually stop his serious biking to yell out what everybody was thinking. And then I watched as my neighborhood, or what felt like all of New York City, turned into just this giant party that raged into the small hours of the morning. Wild. Absolutely wild. After months of misery and lockdown, the city felt alive. Alive in a way that I'd never seen before. But if I'm being honest about it, the moment I haven't been able to stop thinking about this week happened hours after Joe Biden won the presidency. It happened later on that night. And it is now... As millions of people around the country tuned in to hear him and Kamala Harris declare victory. President-elect of the United States of America, Joe Biden. My fellow Americans. I watched as Joe Biden took the stage and gave his first speech as president-elect. Let us be the nation that we know we can be. A nation united. A nation I watched as Kamala Harris, a black woman, the first person of South Asian descent and the first woman to be elected vice president, walked out onto the stage with her husband to join Biden and his family, who were all hugging each other and waving to the crowd. Spread the faith. God love you all. May God bless America and may God protect our church. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was a really triumphant moment. And then, just like that, there was a bang. The people in the crowd in Wilmington, Delaware, seemed to miss the bang. But Kamala Harris's husband, Doug Emhoff, doesn't. He flinches the second he hears it. And Kamala Harris, she just sort of rocks back on her heels. I'm guessing for the same reason me and so many other people watching their TVs that night froze in our seats. Because we figured that in the middle of all of that joy, someone had tried to shoot arguably the most powerful black woman America's ever had. If you pause in the second or so after the bang, the expression on everyone's faces on stage isn't joy or wonder. It's real intense fear. The bang turned out to be a confetti cannon, which, as I've played this scene over and over again this week, never stops feeling cruelly ironic. Like a machine designed for the iconic happiest moments in people's lives, I mistook for a weapon. Your boy for confetti was a bullet. Until, you know, I saw the confetti and like Kamala Harris, Doug Emhoff and the Bidens, remembered that this was supposed to be a moment of celebration. Let out a sigh of relief. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. 
Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can upgrade your home with up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages from top brands like Maytag. Enhance your kitchen with the exclusive Maytag French door refrigerator and fingerprint-resistant stainless steel only at the Home Depot. And with dual power filtration on the Maytag Tall Tub dishwasher, you can skip soaking and scrubbing. Right now, get Memorial Day savings up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Pricing valid May 16th through June 5th. U.S. only. See store online for details. That feeling of living in a world where darkness and evil linger around the corner, ready to punish you for any happy thoughts you might have about your future or the future of your country. I'm depressingly used to it as a black person. But this week, more than any other weeks recently, that scene of a confetti cannon assassination attempt that wasn't, it feels like an accurate metaphor for this moment we're living in. This, of course, may change by the time this episode comes out, but as I write this, world leaders are calling to congratulate President-elect Biden even as President Trump and most of the Republican Party refuse to admit that Trump lost the election. We here at Reply All made the interesting choice to spend this historic week sitting in our respective closets and attics asking random strangers to call us. And everybody we talked to had different, surprising, funny, sometimes poignant reactions to what's been going on. Nobody we spoke to was sad that President Trump lost. Obviously, there are millions of people in this country who feel that way. We also didn't hear from anyone who believes Joe Biden stole the election. Although, to be honest, we were not going to air those false conspiracy theories in the first place. The people you are going to hear are all working their way through this bizarre confetti cannon explosion of a country, often trying and failing to talk to their friends and family about this election. So today, you'll hear what me, PJ, Alex, and our producer Anna heard this weekend as we left the streets, went up into our homes, and took some calls. All right. All right. All right. Um, the man who's in a closet of darkness and the man who's in a closet of darkness of his soul. Uh, you guys ready to go? Alex, uh, ready to go. On. Wait, who, 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 which one of us is in the soul darkness? <laughs> If you gotta ask. <laughs> I feel great! Oh, here we go. I guess we're on. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm not recording. Um, Can you record? All right, I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Hello? Hi. 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 Who is this? Um, yeah. My name is Alana. I live in Dallas, Texas. How are you feeling? I feel so like my grandparents and my family lives in Georgia, and um, I am I am black. My grandparents are black, and my grandmother is a staunch Trump supporter. I mean, Trump all day long. Like we've been in, and I mean, she grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, in the Jim Crow South. Like, wait, 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 wait. just so I understand, you know, she's she's a this is a black woman. Yes, very black. Like Winter Spellman, like black. Yes. Oh, she's like blackly but, black. 
blackity black black from Birmingham, <laughs> went to Spelman, like born in 1930, right, can't get blacker, um, you know, makes collard greens, the whole, the whole thing. Um, wow. But she is like, she was like, you know, I voted for Obama, but he was so disappointing. But now I'm a Christian before I'm before I'm black or before I'm a woman or before I'm anything else, I'm a Christian. So she's a hundred percent on like the whole, God just told me that Donald Trump is going to win. So I'm not worried about it because, you know, that's who God has chosen to lead. We've had screaming matches. It's a whole thing. What are the conversations like? And why do you, these are two questions. I'm sorry. What are the conversations like? And what do you think is going on? Like, what do you think she, why, why do you think she's likes him? So she gets most of her news from like the evangelical Christian, you know, like those kind of news channels. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so everything that she says, like all of her facts come from there. Um, that's one part of it. And then, of course, she's anti-abortion because, again, Christian. And she is pro-Jerusalem. That's a big thing for her. Don't know why. Um, huh. If you do right by the Jews, God will do right by you, and we have to blah, blah. It's the whole thing. So, <laughs> they sound like conversations you've had more yeah. than once. <laughs> oh, oh, hundreds, hundreds of times. And of late, like, literally, she's like, I don't want to talk about the election anymore. But, you know, God told me that Trump <laughs> is going to I was like, you don't want me to talk about the election anymore. You still want to talk about it, but okay. The thing that seems so interesting to me is like, I don't know, I'm just remembering like how when Obama ran in like 08, there were all of these older guard black people who were sort of Mm -hmm. not on his train at all, right? But then like by the time election night comes around, everybody's in Chicago crying because it feels like such a momentous moment, right? Right, I don't know. I wonder, do you think part of her is going to still, even though she supports Trump and all of these things, do you think part of her is going to look around at what happened in Georgia and just kind of marvel for a second at the fact that, one, a black woman is vice president, and B, like, black people are really out there, like, in droves? Absolutely not. She doesn't care at all. (laughs) 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 Absolutely not. The last time we talked about it, I was screaming at the top of my lungs, like in my apartment, yelling at my 90-year-old grandmother. Um, like She was like, if you're against Trump, then you're against God. And I'm like, well, mark it down. I'm against God then. Mark it down. No. Oh, no. Like, you said that to a 90-year-old woman? Yes. So it was like a whole thing. But then we went on to talk about recipes and what kind of soup we were making because the weather was cooling down. And- <laughs> <laughs> really you back. Yeah. yeah. Like, I am in combat with my Lord and Savior, but. <laughs> but oh, my God. You know, I think I'm going to make this cream of asparagus and mushroom <laughs> soup. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you for calling. Yeah, me. that was really yeah. really nice to talk to you. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Hello? 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 Oh. Hello? Hi. Hello? Who's this? Um, are you on speakerphone? Because I think Alex is coming through your line also. No, I can't hear Alex. Uh, I'm dialing on a home phone. 
It hmm. might be an us problem, not a you problem. Alex, try saying something else. Well, my name is Alex Goldman, and no, I'm here no, to not say. That, not that, not that. I, I can hear Mr. Goldman just fine. <laughs> <laughs> you sound appropriately morose about that. Uh, I, to be completely candid and transparent, I just had to tee you up for just the obligatory Alex dunk. It's, it's, I think it's required every episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. For well, it was great taking your call. Thank you for uh, understanding. We're gonna have to go now. Uh, we've got a lot of call. we got a lot of people on the line. Unfortunately. <laughs> Thank you for helping give the people what they want and what they demand. How is this election going to change your life? This election is actually kind of weirdly unifying my family, where it used to be rather divide, like uh, diametrically divided. Huh. Uh, my my father is a thirty year army vet who's you know like rather markedly uh, politically conservative, socially con- uh, socially conservative. And I think that he's seeing the impact that, that the Trump administration had on honest to God U.S. citizens. And that was kind of this moment of just like, oh, huh. it's kind of opened him up towards more leftist, inclusive spaces. And he's kind of come around and he's like, well, no, you know, like, yeah, like Black Lives Matter, like I don't, like BLM movement actually does have some validity and police, you know, should probably be defunded and we should be allocating those financial resources towards better social programs. He went to defunding the police? stark reversal. And I think that this is also me whispering in his ear that like, you know, when you were a kid, there were all these social programs, you know, if you, if you had a minimum wage job, you could live. Where did those things go? Wait, How are you playing like a tiny anthem yeah. behind you? Yeah. It sounds like campaign music. Oh, no, no, no. I I apologize, uh, all parties involved. Uh, I I am emotionally and mentally burnt out from election night. I was a pollster, and so Monterey Bay Aquarium is, has, like, this lo-fi radio, like, live stream that's just, like, otter cam footage. It's just, like, footage of their otters and their squids and their jellyfish. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Sir, this, you just look up, like, <laughs> krill radio, like, not trill the raps like rap acryl like the the, the, the like plankton plankton like yeah like plankton like species yeah krill radio monterey bay and it'll come up and it's just like lo-fi radio like all the oh, other instead of lo-fi with... beats to chill and relax to it's two hours of squid to ch- relax study work to two hours of jellyfish to study relax work to but with lo-fi <laughs> after election day i i had to report into polls at like 3 a.m and i didn't get out of there until like 10 and it was just it, oh, yeah. it was exhausting like if someone came to the polls without wearing a mask, we could not turn them away and we could not force them to wear a mask. We were told that if someone had a concealed handgun, they were still allowed to go to polls. Oh. So long as they weren't actively electioneering within the polling location or within 50 feet of it, there was nothing that we could say or do. Uh, was this just, were these instructions just given to you by whoever was running your polling place or was this something more centralized? This was so I applied to be a pollster in light of everything that was going on, uh, and the training session that we received at the county level told us, boom, if someone comes in, it, unless someone ma- is making a fuss, you thank them for coming out to vote and participate in the democratic process. Uh, you give them the sticker and you you go about they go about their day. They can't linger. That is they can't crackers. do anything like that. Yeah, it was it was kind of alarming. Wow. Okay, one last thing. Yeah, of course. Can you just play us some more of the krill music? Uh, yeah, of course. What are the fish doing? The 
otters are swimming on their backs as a, they're like holding hands and swimming on their backs in the, the pool. Come on, holding hands? Yeah, otters are adorable. Good luck with the phone calls today. Uh, Alex, stop doom scrolling. Just joy scroll. Just a little bit. Uh, bye. What, why has he got to get on my case? Well, so 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 here's, this is the thing that I feel like I, I need to ask you guys. It's part of my first calling, which is like, like, should I dunk on you too, Alex? <laughs> I'm going to say no. Of course you should dunk on him. Mike, I'm going to say no. Like, which way should I go with this? His love language is not love. Hello? Hello? Hey. Hi, who's this? Who's this? Uh, my name is Park. So great to talk to you. How are you? And where are you calling us from? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm calling from Austin, Texas. Nice. So how has your life been changed by Biden being elected? So uh, I have been in the U.S. for uh, almost 10 years now. And Mm -hmm. uh, I have been on a work visa, also known as H-1B, for last uh, almost seven years. What really changed and made the process stressful was uh, under Trump administration, when you have to fill up the online forms and get an appointment, you you fill out all the information about uh, what your current address is, uh, where you live, and uh, what you have studied, who is your employer. But on top of that, uh, they 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 made every applicant fill in their social media handles, right? So you have to provide uh, your Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. So did you do it? And. and Yes, it's a, the, they were mandatory fields in, in, the, in the form called DS-160. Everyone, everyone has to fill that up. And what was more weird was uh, they even asked for my Reddit username, which starts to be really anonymous platform. But now with this administration, they, they can associate my social security number with my Reddit username. Are you a big Reddit user? Yes, I am. Yes. For me, like, I'm not a big Reddit user, but mm-hmm. if all of a sudden a U.S. government employee was like, I want to see your Reddit, my brain would just flash like, what if I post it? Like, what are the, what, what is the picture of me? Exactly. I mean, I didn't have anything crazy going on on my, on my Reddit account, but uh, because there are no guidelines or there is no benchmarks as to, hey, what they will what that person in that specific point in time will think is okay versus not okay uh, makes me question every time I post anything on any of the platforms. Uh, oh, that's so stressful. Yeah. So do you feel like now you can like post what you want on the internet in a yes. less stressful way? Yeah. Are you going to post something that's like wild? I mean, uh, I- even if it is not, anything wild just to be able to state your opinions and be open about it uh, is helpful right because yeah i'm not comparing or pitting immigrants versus immigrants i know there is a lot of conversation about uh, dreamers and all of that but uh, there is little to no conversation about people who are here legally and are going to be waiting for their green cards for eight years based on their country of origin i'm curious like I don't know. I just remember four years ago, like this week, I had just applied for like American citizenship not too long before. I'm from England originally. And I remember like talking with all my family members and people about whether, you know, they were going to (laughs) stay. I don't know. Like, 
Like, do you want to become a citizen of the United States? I do. Um, I'll be also, I'll also be honest. If if uh, Trump would have won uh, this election, I did have all my papers ready for uh, for Canada. Hmm. Um, oh, really? You were gonna so, you were gonna you were yeah. gonna ditch and go to Canada? Yeah, I mean, just day to day stress was just too much to take for both me and my wife. Yeah, but uh, I'm more hopeful now. And and to be honest, both both my wife and I, uh, we love Austin. This is a great place, and in general, we love the the U.S. We are proud of the contribution we are making uh, to this country, and and all we are trying to really look for is respect, right? And and that's what we were not getting. Yeah. Thank you know. so much for calling, Parth. Yeah, seriously. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Mingo, have you voted in a presidential election before this? This was my no. This is my first ever vote. Congratulations! How did it, feel? it felt really great, to be honest. I mean, it was like I was prepared for the whole like the whole deal. I like brought a book. I was prepared for a long line, but you know, I very early voted, so it was over like that. Um, but no, it felt it felt great. It felt it feels nice to be like invested in a thing, you know, fully. Yeah, I know. Ah. <laughs> uh. Hello? Oh, uh, what's up, buddy? How are you guys? We're good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Cool. Wait, where were you, uh, like, calling us from today? Uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Rock, where, is, where is that in South Carolina, exactly? So, the northern border, just touching um, Charlotte, North Carolina. So, we're basically, a suburb of Charlotte. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. How did you feel watching, like... What happened in Georgia, given, you know, what happened in South Carolina? Oh, listen, that gave me hope. You know, things could change. You know, and I, I feel that South Carolina can get there no time soon, though. I mean, I'm talking about when my kids are ready to vote, because I have a eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a three-year-old. And I'm like, maybe by the time they grow up and, you know, their generation sees what's going on, you know, things can change for them. You know, I'm trying to do my best to show them that, you know, they're, they're good people all around, but, you know, they're also some pretty bad people. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, yo, everybody that is a Republican is not bad. Everybody that is a Democrat is not bad. I don't care what party affiliation you have. If a patient comes in to see me, they definitely will get the same treatment. I treat everybody with love and respect. Oh, you're a doctor? Yeah, I'm, I'm a dentist down here. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. But, you know, like... Uh, me and my friend group, you know, I'm a gamer, do all these things. A lot of my friends are, they bought into some of that QAnon. Oh, really? Venom. I, and honestly, I'm like, dude, as a black man, you believe this bullshit? Like, they literally were telling me, like, Hillary Clinton was sucking the blood of blah, blah, blah. I'm oh, like, God. what the fuck? Come oh. on, guys. Come on, y'all. Please. I don't know. I feel like we talk a lot about how susceptible, right? Like, your typical, stereotypical, like, white guy disaffected guy is to that stuff but you touched on a thing which is just like watching the numbers come in for like trump i kept just thinking seeing the numbers of like black men who voted for trump i kept thinking of and like the guys like i don't know like in my like black barbershop in brooklyn right Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. i don't know wouldn't i wouldn't say that they're like QAnon people but like Mm -hmm. 
when you look at like the crazy things that the United States and like the Western world has like done to black people, it's not m- conspiracy theories don't seem so crazy, right? And I don't but, know. I'm just I'm I wondering mean, where you are in your friend group. Like, how do you feel about that? So, speaking of barbershops, in my barbershop, and uh, a lot of those men in there can't stand Biden. Okay for whatever reason, it, like conversations go on for days, but they literally told me that they're voting for Trump because he gave them that money, that $1,200. And I said, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Oh, like the coronavirus you relief money. you got to be kidding me. Hmm. Like the coronavirus relief fund. Yes, right? And, you know, I mean, you know, we got a huge debate. I'm talking about fallouts where it, it got bad in there. Literally, one fight did break out. Wow. But Whoa. it was... Um, When it comes down to conspiracies, here's the thing. As a black man in America, it's like, let me see how we present it in the barbershop. We talk about religion, right? And how mm. they say Christianity was given to us by the slave masters. Mm. And we are simply put in line. And we're, we're basically told to follow based off of the Christian belief. And we shouldn't be even rocking with Christianity and all this and that. So that leads to any and everything that comes from the government or anything that comes from a white man, you shouldn't believe anyway, right? So those those things happen. And whenever you see some stuff with politics, whatever the old way is, if you see anything that could combat that or go against it, you're going to rock with it simply because you need to go against whatever the establishment, quote unquote, white man has told you from the beginning. And they say that Trump was anti-establishment. And I'm like, where? But, you know, Trump is going to save us money. And I'm like, yo, honestly, I'm one of the only ones that can benefit from what Trump has to offer in here. I'm the only one in that tax bracket. The rest of y'all are not. You know what I'm saying? And I had to break things down. Like, yo, this is what my taxes looked like before. This is how it is now. This is how much money I save. You know what I mean? And I, I, I tried to break things down to people like, yo. How did that go over? I mean, they, you know, of course, they always, they get to talking about how they didn't benefit from President Obama. Right. And they are trying to say that Trump did more for black people than Obama did. So when I showed them how things work differently under Trump and Obama, they were like, well, that's still bullshit. You still benefited more from Trump. I said, yes, financially, I benefited more. Yes, I did. Cannot front. I benefited. But you don't vote just based off of your pocket. You know what I'm saying? If somebody else if if a if a candidate can come in and light the fire under this racist group of people and they become just uh, I'm I'm sorry I no. get a little disheartened when I even think about it you know especially with you know Donald Trump and the things he said about you know women because every time he spoke on a black woman it seemed like he called him a an animal or a dog it, it, it stuff kind of pisses me off yeah you know what I'm saying and I, I get sick of that and you know that that's why I was so I mean. I had my daughter watch everything that went down with, you know, Kamala Harris. It felt good to allow my kids, well, have my kids see that happen before their eyes. Well, thank you so much for, for talking with us. Listen, thank you guys for letting me get this off my chest. Take care. Take care. Bye. Hello? Hi. Hi, who's this? This is, this is Paola. How you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Where are you calling from? 
I'm from Boston, but I live in Atlanta. Mm. Did you vote nice. in Georgia? I did. How did that feel? Alex, great. Oh, my God. The hard-hitting questions from political journalist Alex Goldman. You're from Atlanta. Did you vote in Georgia? And if so, how did that feel? The the feeling of watching him realize that he didn't have a question and his brain being like, "Mm, I'm a radio journalist. How did that feel? How did that feel? So many questions. So many questions. I'm sorry, Alex. I'll I'll stop hating on you, and I will. I will. No, no. You know what? What Emmanuel, you wanted to happen in the first place. I'm I'm fine with it because if if there are two villainous hosts and then one poor unsuspecting host that just gets beat up on all the time, that's fine with me. If that's how you want to play it. How did it? How did it feel? How did it feel when you voted? (laughs) I think she. Have you hung up, Pella? No, I'm here. Oh, my boyfriend's laughing. He's here with me, too. Does your boyfriend also live in Atlanta? Yeah. yeah. Did he vote in Atlanta? <laughs> oh, my God. How did it feel? <laughs> <sighs> well, uh, what do you... you okay, so um, that's my boyfriend, Brian. Hi, Brian. Um, Hi, Brian. Hey, guys. We voted early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the 21st of October. I, I, I'm hopeful, but I'm not... Um, this isn't it. You know, everyone keeps saying that the work just started, which I think is 100% accurate. Agreed. Yeah. 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 What about you guys? Are you guys feeling hopeful? I feel like it's unfashionable to say that you're feeling hopeful. And I know the adult thing is that our country has a lot of work to do. I, w- I like went outside and like, Everyone's just being really nice to each other in Brooklyn today. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's like it's everyone's birthday at the same time. It was quiet here. I would have, I would have loved- now, there's, we live by Georgia Tech and by the highway and we hear drag racing and fireworks going off right now. People are drag racing? <laughs> That's how Atlanta does it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well. I think they look for there's no there's never really a reason for dry racing. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for calling. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, no problem. Have a good night. You Have too. a good night, guys. Bye. Bye. I'm lightheaded from laughing at that. Alex, you're on a delay now. You should refresh. All right. And if you are actually lightheaded, you should stand up really quickly, but keep your knees bent. <laughs> I thought the goal was he not was... to fucking dunk on me, Emmanuel. He was trying to take care of you. <laughs> I'm fine. This is one of the reasons I'm trying I'm trying to help you understand. If you say nice things to him, he takes them as insults. And if you say insults to him, he giggles like a happy little baby. <laughs> <sighs> he's joking, but he's not joking. <laughs> it makes him feel noticed. Oh. Well, I'm noticing you, Alex. <laughs> no, you can't do it the next way. It makes him feel tickled. <laughs> just, you Look know, just trying to be intentional. Yeah, this does just feel terrible. In- just can you stop noticing me now? I'd rather be dunked you. on than noticed, if I'm being honest. Hi, you've reached the Reply All voicemail. Please leave a message after the tone. Uh, your message might be used on the show. Thanks. Hi, this is Marika calling from New York about how Biden winning will personally affect me. And uh, for me, 
it's that I can finally use M-A-G-A again about my grandmother, who for 25 years we called MAGA, and she died in March of 2015, and then a few months later Trump came out and started using those four letters to basically be his campaign slogan, and now I feel like we can kind of reclaim those letters again to be about someone who was so important to our family. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I saw the tweet asking for black voters in the South to call in and give a synopsis of how we're feeling. And um, I'm feeling a lot of different ways all at the same time. I worked as a poll manager for the first time in this election, and I was incredibly proud to do so. But I came home on Tuesday evening in my very red state of South Carolina, incredibly angry and frustrated when I realized that the majority of white people looked at the incompetence, the cruelty, the straight-up racism of this administration and still intentionally cast a vote for them. It is a hell of a drug racism is. And after I spent the summer talking to white people and watching Ava DuVernay's 13th movie on Netflix with white people that I invited to watch with me, to understand the history, to talk about what was going on, they still chose racism over anything else. Now, I'm trying to squeeze out joy out of Biden and Harris winning. I'm proud of them. I love both of them. And I'm also proud of the boots on the ground workers who made it possible for them to win Pennsylvania and Georgia and Michigan and Wisconsin and all the other places where they won. I'm trying to squeeze joy out of these historic events that have happened, but it is just very daunting for me to walk around and realize that the majority of white people here in the United States despise me because of the color of my skin. Hi, so... I live in Texas, and I am African-American, and you asked, how do I feel about what's going on right now? And I just want to share my true feelings of, you know, how I feel about what's going on. And that's pretty much how I feel, and I actually feel a little bit better now. Off of a break, fake news and the church.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello? Hello, is this PJ? This is PJ, who's this? This is Hudson. Hudson, cool name. Hey, thank you. So, I'm on a totally different time zone from you guys, and so I just woke up, and I saw the tweet, and I was like, I think I have to call. So, let me just give you some backstory real quick. I am yeah. a youth pastor, and I work at a church, um, and, oh my gosh, this this Trump administration has really changed the way that we work as pastors and people at churches. Um, how we like wow. just do our job, if that makes sense. Um, that surprises and, me a little bit. Like, what, how does it change how you do your jobs? This is crazy. So anytime we really talk about um, like the way of Jesus and how Jesus lived his life and how he cares for the people around him, we oftentimes will get um, congregants coming up to us after certain services or certain messages and saying, you guys are promoting leftist rhetoric. and What specifically in Jesus's message do they object to as leftist? So my, my head pastor, he preached a sermon talking about um, all the kids that were trapped in cages um, a few weeks ago. And uh, there's quite a few congregants who were pretty upset because they felt that he wasn't talking about like things that actually mattered. They're like, no, the Trump administration is taking care of all these kids. And, you know, my my pastor got pretty upset at these people and was like, you're Christians. You're supposed to be taking care of these people. You're supposed to be doing this, you know? Did they just think it was, like, not true that Trump was putting children in cages, or did they just not care? I think it's a combination of both. Um, this, it's kind of crazy because I listen to a lot of your podcasts, especially the ones on QAnon. The QAnon has really infiltrated the modern American church. Really? How does Q show up in like a church service? Like, how are you seeing it in, in a congregation? So it's, it's all sorts of stuff. So there's one congregant who came up to me a few weeks ago and was telling me about this Facebook group called like the X22 report. And it's like, it's like geopolitical something, something. And, and I joined this Facebook group and it's literally just reposting stuff from QAnon drops. And I was just like, I cannot be a part of this. Like, this is kind of insane. And I'd say probably a good 15 to 20% of our congregation are really, really invested into conspiracy theories. Um, and so we see, we have to like combat conspiracy theories. And um, our pastor actually gave a sermon last week talking about fake news and how it's not right and how Jesus calls us to share good news and not fake news and things like that. Um, wow. Fake news in the sense of like, like fact checking what you're posting on Facebook and making sure what you're sharing is correct information and not blindly following people. And even then that ruffled some feathers. 
do you think that the sermons that that you that have been given about sort of like being less trustful of online information and that kind of thing, do you think that they're getting through to anybody? Do you think that you're reaching people? Is there any attempt at sort of like talking to people one-on-one if they're particularly susceptible or have bought in really hard to this this kind of stuff? For sure, yeah. Um, I think a lot of conversations have happened one-on-one, but it's really hit or miss. There's some people who are really receptive to it depending on how how highly they look up to like pastoral staff. So um, like a few conversations that I've had with people, they've been really receptive to it. But then I go home the next day and they're sharing that like uh, Jesus sent Donald Trump to reverse all of Barack Obama's policies and things like that. And it's just like really, really crazy. So to answer your question, I'm really hoping that the Biden, the Biden administration just doesn't do anything like this. So that this this kind of thinking just kind of dissipates a little bit. We're supposed to love our neighbor regardless of who they are and their sexual orientation. And just we're just supposed to love people as much as we can and take care of the poor and the widowed and things like that. So, Do you ever think about, like, do you ever feel like maybe you're at the wrong church? Like that, that you'd be happier with a congregation that, that had a different worldview? I don't think so. I think... You know, the whole Christianity thing, like, I think this is my purpose. My purpose is to come and to love these people here where I work at. And my goal is to guide them in the ways of Jesus. And this is just another obstacle to overcome. But I do, I do believe that these are really, really wonderful people who really do want to seek out who Jesus is. There's just some things that they believe that they have to work through first. Where, where are you? Um, I'm currently in Washington State, about an hour from Seattle, in a park called Bremerton. Yeah, uh, MXPX, the Christian punk band, is from there. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think they had an album called like "Welcome to Bremerton" or something. Yeah, so my mom actually had that CD when I was a little kid, and so when I moved up oh, here, I stole God. that CD from her. Yeah, well, thank you for calling in, and good luck. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hello? Hello? Maybe we should just not have you pick up, Alex. (laughs) What the fuck, dude? I'm just testing it out. I'm just, you know, I'm just, it didn't feel good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that didn't feel nice. Watching felt good for PJ. Nice it felt great. Trying to be mean. I don't know why you're laughing, PJ, because evidently, since I can't make fun of Alex and not feel bad, there's only one target for me at this in this, this merry-go-round we have. It's like a nun with boxing gloves. <laughs> Hello? Oh, hi. Hello. Who who are we talking to? Who are you? Um, I'm going to give you a fake name because <laughs> the stuff that I'm going to talk about, uh, a lot of people in my life don't know. So oh. uh, I'm Riley. Hi. Hi, quote unquote Riley. Hi. <laughs> uh, well, th- today is a very, very good day for me. I've been here in, in the country since I was 13. Uh, I'm I'm turning 26 this month. And where are you from originally? I'm from the Philippines, but somewhere along the 
along the way uh, because of a series of unfortunate events, uh, I had lost my visa. And oh no! Basically, my lawyer screwed up my student visa. And wow, that's it was, I'm sorry. Yeah, <sighs> so, you know, the penalty was. I mean, like I could leave and go somewhere else, but the penalty is like for overstaying is I don't get to go. Like I'm banned from this country for ten years, and my yeah. whole family is here. I was still able to go to college, and I actually, um, I'm I'm board certified and licensed for the job, like the profession that I went to college for. Um, but because I am undocumented, I don't have a work permit, which means I've, I've been sitting on this license for four years. Ooh. Uh, I can't with it. Wait, so <laughs> when you say sitting on the license, meaning like you're licensed to do your job, but you can't do your job? Yeah. Like, uh, and I actually, I have renewed it twice already. I've paid money to keep my license active, but I have not used it once for the actual job. And so what have you been doing, like, for work, and, like, how have you been maintaining? Odd jobs. I've done a lot of odd jobs. I've, you know, cleaning houses and uh, babysitting, um, teaching, like, children's church or whatever. Like, I've done a lot of odd jobs, and, you know, I'm, I'm proud of my, my hard work, but it, it, I feel like, not that it's not my purpose, but, you know, I studied really, really, really hard, and it's I, it felt like it was for nothing. Do people in your life know about your status? Um, close friends do. Uh, some folks that I went to school with do. The people who know, they're very supportive. Like, I've actually gotten, <laughs> I've gotten several uh, marriage proposals. Oh. <laughs> marriage <laughs> people are like, let me, <laughs> let's do some immigration fraud. I'm sorry, our country's in a weird place. <laughs> Do the, the people that don't know your status that you went to school with, are they like, are they confused why you're not pursuing a career in your field? Um, yes. Uh, I, I have, I have learned to lie and lie and lie. What's the lie that you tell? I'd say something like, well, I'm just getting some experience, you know, and I'm just getting some experience or, uh, well, I'm just taking a, a bit of a break because it's really stressful. Yeah. You know. Oh, it's basically just like, yeah, it's it's like lies that, you know, I, well, I am getting experience, you know, for my resume. It's technically true, but yeah. it's not the whole truth. And I have, I have relatives in the Philippines that I, I talk to often, and I have become an expert liar, which, you know, obviously weighs on me because... Like, my grandma would be like, oh, how's that, you know, how's that, that the place you're working at? And I was like, perfect, wonderful, you know? It's my coworkers are like this, and my coworkers are like that. And I'm like, I don't have a coworker. I'm taking care of a baby. So, Oh, you're having to lie both ways, like, both to people here, but also to people back in the Philippines. Yeah, and, you know, like, uh, I have... I have a lot of friends there and they're always like, oh, when are you going to come home and, you know, visit us? We want to take you to this place and this place. And I always have to deflect. and like, oh, well, airfare is expensive or oh. I'm busy. Because you can't go home and then come back. Yes. Why do you feel like you can't tell your grandmother what's actually going on? Like, why do you feel like you need to lie to your family back home? I'm, I'm Filipino. Uh, the culture of shame is very strong. 
Mm. So it's like bringing shame, you know, being a family disappointment, disappointment. Yeah. So it's like, I'd rather, not I'd rather, but like, I guess everyone else in my family too is like, we'd rather keep her in the dark so she doesn't get too stressed. About it. I and see. So, so now that Joe Biden is the president elect, what do you, what are you hoping will be your path out of being sort of undocumented in this situation? Um, I think I'm hoping that the easiest way is for an ex- expansion of DACA. Cause I know they tried that before, but it was blocked for some reason. Um, cause I, yeah, I almost, almost qualified for DACA. It was a, I think the requirement was you were supposed to have come here like in 2007 and I came here in 2008. Oh. So just uh. tiny, tiny bit of expansion would be nice. You know, I would be covered under that umbrella and I'm sure a lot of other people would be too. So that would be nice. I mean, I'm not like asking for a complete pardon, although that would be nice too. But you know, like I feel like I just want to be useful. I hope things feel less stressful yeah. and, um, we're glad that you're here. Yeah, I hope you get to do the job that you that you went to school for, and it sounds like you really would like to do. <laughs> thank you, Riley. Thank you so much for calling. Okay, bye. 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 I feel like there's this weird thing that I have been feeling actually now that I have voted. I feel like I feel fully like an American citizen for the first time, and it is interesting talking to folks who aren't American citizens because I'm like, oh right, I'm. I'm not there anymore, you know? You feel like you, you're you on the, another side of a line? Yeah, yeah. Which feels messed up because the only reason I'm on the other side of a line is because I'm from a more favorable country slash, like, I was on an H-1B visa. Like, you know what I mean? I, I had, I'm, I'm feeling my immigrant privilege in a, in a major way at the moment. Yeah. It's also like, do you feel like, responsible for the mess more now (laughs) no i totally do i totally totally do like even my family like the way they approach me about america is different now oh it's like it's your problem now yeah it's like and it's interesting too because i can tell with trump and stuff even though i feel like their whole tact for four years has been not to offend me but it's like, then we start talking and they're like, right, Emmanuel's an American citizen, but like he didn't grow up here and he has a critical eye. Therefore, we can talk shit about America. But there is there is that disconnect now. They they see this as my home, which is uh, super crazy. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> let me just leave a message. I'm Persian, and a lot of my family is in Iran. Um, so, at the beginning of COVID, before COVID started in the U.S., like it really looked like Iran and and America were going to go to war. My mom was in Iran at that time, and my dad was in Iran at that time, and everything was escalating, and it was very scary, and. <sighs> And I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Just feels like so shitty that like this entire generation for four years got screwed. Like my cousin got screwed. Some of my friends who were going to come to college in America got screwed. There were like these visas before where you could go in and out and now they can only stay here and families got separated. And like, hopefully that's going to change. 
And it's like maybe I'll feel like more of an American again. I always feel American, but, you know, maybe it won't be such a target to be Persian anymore. I don't know. I'm going to go. My name is Latoya, and I live in a suburb of Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, called DeKalb County. And I, as a black woman, it has been such a journey since Stacey Abrams um, tried to win governorship against Kemp. And this election, this It's got me speechless because finally people see that votes do matter. That, And um, I've never been more proud of our state. I've never been more proud of people that mailed in votes. And, you know, we stood in those stupid lines. And to see that, you know, four hours in line wasn't a waste. And, um, oh, Georgia, and now to the Senate race. Reply All is hosted by PJ Vote, Alex Goldman, and me, Emmanuel Jochi. Our show is produced by Shufi Pinamaneni, Fia Benin, Damiano Marchetti, Anna Foley, Jessica Young, and Lisa Wang. Our executive producer is Tim Howard. We were mixed by Wit Kwan, fact-checking by Michelle Harris. Our theme song and other music used in this episode is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Additional music production by Mario Romano. Thank you so, so much to absolutely everybody who called in to tell us about what the election meant to them. Matt Lieber is a newly organized Tupperware draw. You can listen to our show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon. <laughs>